0: Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of the Thinking Guns Podcast, the Game Awards 2020 Reaction Special. It's 2.55 in the morning, and I'm here with Mr. Toby Anderson. Evening. Evening. Morning. Morning.
1: <laughs> I don't know where I am.
0: This is either the latest or earliest one we've ever done. Definitely one of the two. And Mr. Sean Davies. Good day to you. How are you, mate? I'm looking forward to this oh yeah this is going to be interesting uh right we're not going to waste any time because it's horrifically late so we're going to jump straight into it right from the very top uh the first announcement was of course Sephiroth is coming to Super Smash Brothers this month um I don't know people were expecting of course they were expecting all the usual ones that go through the motions when this thing gets announced so we had Crash Bandicoot Master Chief Master Chief is a bit later we'll talk about that later but uh, yeah, Sephiroth is coming to smash. Uh, the Final Fantasy VII Sephiroth, I believe, they confirmed it to be. So that's an exciting thing. Um, any thoughts on that, people? No. Okay, good. Well, let's move on then. <laughs> <laughs> cool, we can rattle through this quite easily. Uh, we had Best Performance as the first kind of major announcement. There was uh, announcements in the pre-show, but we just there's too much to talk about. So we've, uh, we're going to crack on with the main show. Our best Performance was Laura Bailey. As Abby in The Last of Us Part 2. Now, this is one that we probably called, I think, in a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Toby, was that the right call in that category, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it was. Um, she did a fantastic performance, new character. She's clearly got a lot of people on side at the same time as, you know, polarizing a lot of people as, as well. So, but a great, great performance. It's a deserving win, I would say. The only other one we thought that was really against her was um, Ellie. So,
0: Sean, are you happy with that one? I know you haven't played the game, but. Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, everyone else seemed to be happy with it, so I'm happy with it. I've not played the game yet, so. um, But I've heard the performance was good, so. There we go. Very much so. Uh,
0: Then we got our first major announcement from the initiative. This was a game studio that was revealed at E3 2017, I want to say, possibly 18. Um, A Xbox exclusive studio, and they finally announced that they're working on Perfect Dark a brand new Perfect Dark game with a very shiny trailer. Um, I, it took a long time to work out what it was, but that, that Data Design logo, to me, is unmistakable. And uh, we finally got there. And Perfect Dark is coming back. Are you excited, Sean Davies?
2: Uh, not particularly. <laughs> uh, okay, alright. All right.
0: It's the wrong time of day to do this, isn't it? No, no it's,
2: it's, <laughs> I, I, I was very excited about what the initiative were working on when I thought it was something new and fresh and exciting. I've never been a big fan of Perfect Dark. It's existed. I've been like, cool, i played these games. They didn't really blow my mind. Um, and I, I hoped this was something else. And when, when it turned out to be that, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think we were all expecting a new IP from them. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, the world's first ever quadruple A game is going to be a Perfect Dark game. And I think to myself, a bit of a waste.
0: Yeah. On the flip side, hell yeah, more Perfect Dark! I'm very excited. Yeah, uh, Toby, happy for you.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on that side. I, I definitely play more Perfect Dark. The first one was amazing. Second one, yeah, I agree with Sean. wasn't a bit, le- bit lackluster. The second one, but first one is a gaming gaming legend in my book.
0: That it is, of course, made by Rare back in the day. As their follow up to Goldeneye, uh, then we got a look at a game called Back for Blood, which is Left for Dead by any other name by uh, Turtle Rock, coming out on June 22nd, a co-op zombie shooter. Uh, We did see some gameplay, and it looks a hell of a lot like Left 4 Dead, doesn't it, Tobes?
1: It really does. I've not ever really been a massive fan or player of the Left 4 Dead ones, but you can definitely see that it's the same group of people making that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll give it a go this time. looks pretty good.
0: Sean, are we going to add this one to our long, long list of games that we don't play together?
2: Yes, but I think this one might be one that we actually play. Wow. Because because we actually played uh, Zombie Army Four, and we actually played um, Strange Brigade, and uh, yes, this did. this this fits in that kind of vein. And we actually played the, that Alien game, uh, like Earthfall, what it was. Mm. You know, these these are all the same vein kind of games. So okay. I think we might play this one. It looks gory and fun. So why not?
0: Why not? Indeed. Um, And then we got the announcement that the Scavengers beta is starting right now on PC. So if you're into how Scavenger looks, go and check it out right now. And then Hood Outlaws and Legends is coming out on May the 7th on PS5, I believe PS4 as well. And that looks pretty cool. The uh, four-player co-op Robin Hoodie game set in the uh, the Viking era looks pretty sweet. Um, And that's not too far away now. Um, How did that look for you, Toby? You're on board for that one?
1: I'm on board for the look of it and the stealth gameplay, but when it when they say it's a, you know co-op only multiplayer four four player squad thing, I'm like, that mm, doesn't really do it for me. So we'll see. It looks cool.
0: You don't like playing games with people, do you?
1: No, I'm no. an insular, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> hermit of a gamer.
0: <laughs> uh, Sean, should we add this one to our long list of games that we don't play together?
2: Yeah, sure. It looks like Fort Honor. With Vikings, so you know mm. why not? Why not?
0: Indeed. Um, then a very quick announcement: the Cyberpunk car is now available in Forza Horizon 4 for free for the next couple of weeks or so. The Quadra Turbo R VTEC. If you want to go and check it out, this is the Cyberpunk car from the trailer of Cyberpunk 2077, the very first trailer, the one with the fancy lights in the back. So that's a thing. And then out of nowhere, we got another award, and it was ongoing game, and that went to No Man's Sky. Over Destiny 2 and Fortnite. Um now Sean, you're you're probably the person to go to for this with regards to No Man's Sky. Have you checked it out on PS5? Is it still because you know No Man's Sky's had a rough ride, but it seems to be getting better and better. It seems to be at its peak right now. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, it's it's still not perfect. And with every new update it brings with it some some new bugs to fix. But I, I think as a game that started out as a uh, promise to be this all-encompassing amazing uh, like simulation of the universe and what we got was like a bit of a flight sim with some resource gathering mechanics it's now turned into crafting building horror uh, it's got vr support it's got space battles and you know it is a, a much more improved game than it was previously and you know, I'd, I'd argue that the updates that they've brought over the last 12 months, I think there's been three. They had the, like, the horror ship one. They had the, the aquatic one, the VR support. There's been a lot of updates this year compared to anything else in that category. So I think it's, I think it's a deserved winner. And yeah, it, it looks banging on the PS5, I'll be honest. Cool.
0: Very cool. Well done, Sean Murray. You're looking well, sir. Um, and then we got an announcement of the Callisto Protocol, which is coming out next year. And they claimed it to be the scariest video game ever made.
1: And Toby was into it. So this is the team who left or were visceral, yeah? And then have left and made a new studio, and this is their new game. So Callisto Protocol, I'm I'm all over it. They've just said that, yeah, they're making the scariest game ever made. That's quite a claim, of course, but Dead Space was absolutely came out of nowhere and was a fantastic rehash you know remake of all of those kind of things and was scary again and set resident evil in space and all those kind of things that it did so i've got high hopes it was a that was a great series and i've always wanted more dead space so um i'll take this one for, for definite it looks great cool there's 2022 though that's that's going to go on right on the list of ones i forget are even happening by that point point.
0: 2022 yeah that's yeah it's a way off We'll be Looks on the very, podcast very one cool. day, and you'll be like, out this week, the Callisto Protocol. Oh my God, that game. And you're like, oh, I'm to get, yeah. get it right now. <laughs> well, one On episode 207 of the Thinking Arts Podcast. podcast. Uh, Sean, you're going to jump into the Callisto Protocol? Yep. Okay. Next up, we had a look at Warhammer, which didn't look like Warhammer at all. It looked like Gears of War. Um, that's a game I, honestly, if you're into Warhammer, I apologize. I just wrote down Warhammer. I can't remember anything else. It's called the Vermintide? Is that
2: what it was called? Oh, no, that was, it's called? No, By- no, it wasn't Vermintide. It's, it's Dark Horizon. Okay. Mm. Yeah.
1: There well, go. there you go. Check that's how out. much I know about Warhammer as well.
0: Google it, friends. And then we got Best Art Direction Award, which went to Ghost of Tsushima, which is the right thing, I think. Uh, the right place for it to go. Action game. Went to Hades over some really big hitters. I don't think we called Hades in that one, but that's... That was a that was a good win for Hades. Of course, I haven't played it yet. I don't think any of us have. Greg has relentlessly, uh, but he's not here. He gave up very quickly tonight, so, <laughs> so I can't ask him about it. But um, I'll I'll ask him at the weekend. Uh, best VR went to Half Life. Alex, that was expected. I think um, unfortunately none of us have played it yet, but I know that people who have played it say it's amazing and it does look incredible. So best sports went to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, the HD. Uh, 4K remake that came out recently um, Paul was a big fan of that as is Greg and I think we called that a couple of weeks ago that uh, Tony Horse was going to get sports and most anticipated is a game that is never coming out Elden Ring never which is,
2: coming
0: uh, out it's, it's never coming out <laughs>
2: nope can we talk about how the most anticipated game got at, we don't actually know what it is or have seen any gameplay <laughs> we just know a concept of an how how are we oh, never mind let's move on
0: this is the, uh, the industry we're in.
2: <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. Oh,
0: God. And then we've got a look at a new Annapurna game called Open Roads, which looks absolutely wonderful, starring Kerry Russell and Caitlin Deber, who, if you remember, is my call to play Ellie in the Last of Us TV series. Uh, Toby, this looked like a Toby Anderson joint, if ever I've seen one.
1: Yeah, lovely art direction, cell shaded sort of thing going on and and, and looks like a lovely little narrative with those two you know, very talented actresses providing the voices. So, yeah, I'm definitely down for that. I'm sure it's a Sean joint as well. We'll probably check that one out. Yep. (laughs)
2: Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: And then we got the announcement that Disco Elysium is coming to consoles in March 2021, finally. Um, A game that Sean, of course, has been uh, trumpeting for a couple of years now since he played at EGX. And uh, we're finally going to get it. On controllers, so that's very exciting. Then we got a look at Dragon Age Four, which is now confirmed to be called just Dragon Age. Um, so it doesn't look it may carry on from the last one. I don't really know. There's very little information to still go on, but it does look very dragony. Is that the right word? I don't know, uh, Toby.
1: Definitely, what did you make for Dragon dra- Age? It's definitely dragony. Hmm. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you that for sure. Um, yeah. I reckon, I reckon a reboot. I reckon if you're going to just call it Dragon Age like that, that's the kind of thing you do when you're rebooting a series. That's the kind of thing you do when you call something Fable after Fable 3. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's happened before and it seems to be happening again. So um, maybe that's why Mass Effect um, you know, when we get to Mass Effect is doing something similar.
0: Hmm. We shall see. We shall see. And then we had a look at Endless Mission, which is a game that's long been gestating. And looks uh, very cool. Uh, followed up, up with Crimson Desert, which, is it related to Black Desert? I'm not sure it is, but it could be.
2: you reckon they're just going to go through the, like, the, the colours and have like turquoise desert.
0: <laughs> tan Ma- desert. Magenta desert. Yeah, just keep going mm. through
2: colours until they've, they've run out. <laughs>
0: uh, then we got a, another award, uh, Best Narrative, which again went to The Last of Us Part 2. Um, Last of Us 2 doing very well this evening in the awards which, yeah, I mean, The Last of Us 2 story as divisive as it was. Those of us who enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed it and thought it was incredible. So nice work, Neil Druckmann and friends. And then we had a look at the Swedish chef, which is he's been added to Overcooked, All You Can Eat, which is just just perfect. But it was preceded by a very awful conversation between Swedish chef and Jeff Keighley. Uh, Toby was not a fan of this particular moment. <laughs> um
1: I think you could yeah you could rope in either of us here. This this was the point when the game awards stopped being what just about watchable to being cringeworthy and embarrassing. Um it's it's not Swedish chef's fault. It's um it's someone else's fault. Um I'm not going to blame the muppet. He he was he was fine. He was doing his job. Um but yeah, no. A terrible conversation when there's just, it's just embarrassing levels of, uh, of not knowing what you're doing at that point. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it was the beginning of the end for the next two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. But yeah, also so I'd also like to did... just add that um, Black Desert is the same developer, Pearl Abyss, and their new game is Crimson Desert. It is the same developer.
0: Oh, well, there you go. It's amazing what Google can do, isn't it? After yeah,
1: a little Google, there you go.
0: Lovely, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm not going to play it then. Uh, what followed Overcooked was Call of Duty. And I first look at season one of Warzone in Black Ops Cold War. And it looks very core cool of Duty. GTE. It's a game that I will jump into and I will check out. But I don't know. We'll see. But I don't tend to stick around Call of duty games in the Warzone. I jump into Warzone every now and then. It's, it's, it's quite funny if you're on the blowout Steam. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Sean, did it do anything for you? Does it make you want to get into Warzone?
2: Um, do you know what I I remember watching this trailer? Cannot remember a single fucking thing about it. So it says, I says, that says everything about it. To be fair,
0: well, there was some there there, there was some very burly white guys shooting other burly white guys. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some hats and <laughs> some ammo, and some lighting, and some slow motion. So some music, the, the quintessential Call of Duty trailer, pretty much, yeah appealing to its base, exactly doing exactly the right thing to get them excited. Oh,
2: there was some cool music, remember? Like 80s ah, yes. music, maybe? There
1: was a pretty famous rock song from like late 70s, early 80s, but I can't now remember. Oh, there you Licensed go. music <laughs> for the win.
2: That's the one thing we can remember. Well done, Call of Duty. Yay. What followed was
0: the polar opposite of Call of Duty, Season, which is a PS5 game that's incoming, uh, made by the same people that made The Darling Project. Is that right? Yep. All right don't don't let that put you off because this looks really nice uh, Toby did this, this one got you a little excited?
1: yeah, so this is another cell shaded um game that clearly they're the kind of that's the kind of art that that makes me think that's a great, great game. it doesn't really matter what else is going on as long as it's got cell shaded graphics um was this the one with the the sort of wildlife photography wasn't it and um yeah. it's still sort of like a Pokemon snap, but with really detailed self-shaded artwork and mm. um you seem to ride a bike around lots of very open worldy areas um but yeah the grass was you know waving in the wind and everything looked very very pretty um i would definitely give it a go it looks cool
0: cool reminded me of east shade which is a game that i played this year gave me those uh, those vibes which is a game I you don't should... know that one
1: uh,
0: you should check it out it's very calm and soothing it's all about paintings so it's very nice hmm. yeah it's all right Um, And then we had the game for Impact Awards and that went to Tell Me Why, which, fantastic. I haven't played Tell Me Why myself, but great winner. Uh, Sean, did you play Tell Me Why, didn't you? Yep. Was that a deserving winner?
2: Yeah, absolutely. To be fair, all of these games could have won. and I don't think anyone could have complained. Sure. Um, But yeah, of of all the games that were on that list, I think that was the best.
0: Ain't nothing but a heartache.
2: Tell Me Why.
0: I've just got to do that every time. I'm sorry. Okay then what followed this was perhaps the greatest slash worst trailer of the entire event starring (laughs) Vin Diesel. And if someone gave me a million, a million options, I would never have selected arc two as this being the game that they were advertising. Uh, Toby, what did you think of Vin Diesel's arc two trailer?
1: You've absolutely summed it up. It was like, It was like terrible and great all at once um it was it was like a really over the top um tribal let's fight each other and then suddenly there's dinosaurs and then there's great big vistas of prehistoric places and and all of it with vin diesel every three or four shots looking grim into the camera and his chest muscles being shown as much as possible and it was just yeah it was just really over the top and crazy and we're spending the entire time thinking is he in Horizon? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> um, and then suddenly it's, it's Ark. And you're like, really? Yeah, what? The dinosaurs should have shown us, but th- that was the only real clue, I thought. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, it, if it's a single-player game, I'd be, you know, a, a single-player sort of normal uh, title, I'd be interested in it. But if it's another survival game, I'm, I don't think it's going to be for me.
0: Yeah, uh, I saw someone on Twitter uh, call it The Pass and the Furious. I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sean, are you going to play arc two with Vin Diesel? I don't know.
2: Like Uh one is for for me is synonymous with like jank and a game genre that I'm not really that familiar with or, or like that, that much. Uh, but this trailer was really good. And I, I know that it contains a lot of Vin Diesel (laughs) and, um, it was like excessive Vin Diesel to be fair. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's, he's not that good. Um, Uh, but I'll give it a go because that trailer looked like quality and okay. uh, props to the developers for putting all of that money into developing a game that shiny.
0: Yeah, and what followed it was a trailer for the ARC animated series. Didn't say where it was going, but it stars Vin Diesel, Russell Crowe, Gerard Butler, David uh, Tennant, Elliot Page, Elliot Page, Jeffrey Wright, I think it was on there as well. I mean, this is this is a stellar cast. I didn't realize Ark made so much money, but apparently it did. It's got a massive audience. So yeah, Ark Two is incoming with Vin Diesel for some reason. Um, and then we've got our first look at season three of Full Guys, which is coming on December fifteenth. It's a very winter aesthetic. I know I'm the only one that's still kind of plays Full Guys, and uh, yeah, looks great, looks exciting. I can't wait to jump back in because uh, yeah, it does get a little samey playing the same courses over and over again so when they throw in some new ones and mix it up exciting did it make either of you want to play four guys again
1: sure yeah maybe a one off yeah
0: okay i i should i think when season 3 drops we should stream it together yes yeah I'll give it nice another go out, i think that should be fun um and then we had a look at elite dangerous odyssey which is a, th- a third person on the boot, boots on the ground version of elite dangerous which i don't know if anyone was asking for but it's happening uh, Sean, what did you make of this?
2: Um, I've always been tempted to get into Elite Dangerous. Um, it's one of those games that everyone says is really, really great if you can get into it. Uh, but it takes quite a lot of investment to get into it. And um, I think this content is more, more stuff that I'm more familiar with. Uh, and it probably would push me more towards getting it. So I am I am now on the bubble of getting Elite Dangerous. Okay. So well done to that DLC for making me more interested in a game. Thank you. (laughs) And then
0: we got Fist. Fist. Which is a, it it stands for something. Did anyone get it? Uh, Forged in Shadow Torch. There he is, Toby Anderson with the big L. Big W, I should say. Not L, that was amazing. (laughs) Um, This looked like a Toby Anderson joint.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a rabbit with a mechanical fist that's almost bigger than he is um, <laughs> running around a sort of industrial sort of Bloodborne-esque looking world, um, but in 2D. It looks, yeah, it looks totally cool, um, mm. and the combos on that fist just go into the hundreds, clearly. Um, I'd, I'd definitely be interested, and it's got anthros, and yeah, it would be right up my street.
0: Yeah. What about them anthros? What about uh, them anthros? Sean, are you going to get fisting with this little rabbit?
2: Sure. Yeah, why not? That that, that question really threw me. Sorry, (laughs) I
0: apologize. Funny that. (laughs) Uh, And then we got a uh, award for best multiplayer, and then which went to Among Us, which I think we called a couple weeks ago. So yeah, good for Among Us, doing really well, and I had a lovely speech as well. Only three people made that game. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, No, four.
1: There was one little lady on a on a iPhone. Yeah, three people started it, and then they said the
0: fourth (laughs) person joined them. Totally right. I'm being factually accurate here. Okay. Um, And then we got a first look at The Evil Dead, the game, featuring the man himself, Mr. Bruce Campbell. And it looks like to be another four-player co-op zombie shooter thing, but kind of more in the vein of Friday the 13th and Dead by Daylight, I think it looks like to be, anyway. Um, If I'm wrong, tell me. Sean, I got that impression from it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's where it exactly like 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 Dead by Daylight and... Uh, the horrors of the ne- Necromonicon. Mon- oh, my God. That word, the mm-hmm. book, the evil book. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like you'd be facing up against those. So, yeah, it's looks really cool. I'm very much on board with that game.
0: Cool. Uh, Toby, does Amik want to play a full-player co-op with us? Uh,
1: yeah, i will give it a go on that one. Sweet.
0: And then we've got a announcement of a remake of Ghouls and Goblins. Which is coming on the twenty fifth of February, and Sean, you got excited for this one?
2: I got excited for Paul. Ah, yeah, true. I got excited on behalf of Paul because you know Paul likes games that um, were you know around when he was in his thirties. So (laughs) (laughs) like when when that were released when he was a kid, a kid, a kid. Oh Um, dear. Yeah, he's going to hate me for that. But yeah, it looked cool. It looked like a really cool remaster. I like the artwork that they've done replacing the pixel arts. It looked cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tobes, any thoughts on Ghosts and Goblins?
1: No, not really. Not, but, uh, not to put your final point on it. It passed me by a bit, that one.
0: Okay. Uh, We've got another award then. Uh, of a few more awards, now, actually. we got Best Indie, which went to Hades, which I think we were all expecting. Audio Design went to The Last of Us Part Two. RPG went to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, which we all very much enjoyed, but I think it was a surprise that this won over Persona 5, I think. Uh, so we were right in saying that. I don't think we went for Final Fantasy 7 Remake on this one.
1: Um, just because Persona 5 Royal got better scores overall, really, in the year. It was higher than, than Final Fantasy 7 Remake, so yeah, I just mm-hmm. was thinking it would go that way. I mean, if you if you want... A, it's, it's still a deserving winner. It's just, you know, Persona 5 has already been out in a previous year and had its run, and it's a second run. It's it's one of those things, like the Mortal Kombat's and stuff. Was it was it really supposed to be in this year and things? But yeah, I still think Final Fantasy VII remake is a fantastic and deserved winner. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, best sim strategy game went to Flight Simulator. I think we called that. Um, it's tremendous, and I can't wait to play it when I, well, when I have an Xbox Series X now because that's coming out uh, very very soon. Uh, Player's choice, which we've been doing on Twitter for the past week. Um, You already know, but it went to Ghost of Tsushima over The Last of Us by about 12 or 13%, I think, in the end. That bloody Last of Us ending, eh? See what it did to all these people? Uh, Best Fighting went to Mortal Kombat 11, I think we called that as well, uh, because it didn't really have a lot of competition this year. And yeah, the the, the next announcement was, of course, Flight Simulator coming to Xbox Series X in 2021. Exclusively, I should say, because pretty sure it's not going to run on anything else. (laughs) Um, and then we had a look at a at uh, a Returnal, which is a game that was announced earlier this year. Um of course made by the Wizards at Housemark. Uh Toby, did Returnal get you a little bit excited? seeing a bit of gameplay?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's um that's looking really cool. Um what, third third person, but with some really very house marky looking um shooting mechanics and, and particle effects that that really make it look like it's gonna have a good arcade feel to it. Yeah, I like it.
2: Sean? Yeah. Housemarker. They, they, they got me going. You know, they said we're done with arcade. We're not making another arcade game. And then they make a third party, like third person shooter with all the best bits of arcade. So well done House, Housemark for pulling the wall over everyone's eyes and <laughs> making another arcade game. Thank you.
0: It's what they do best, isn't it?
2: It is. They, They're the masters, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely nailed it.
0: Yeah. Um, and then the man himself, Joseph Ferris who you might remember from the Game Awards a couple of years ago turning the Oscars to go fuck itself, talking about A Way Out, was back to uh, promote his game It Takes Two, which is due for release on March 26th, 2021, on all the consoles, I believe. And it looks great. Am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong on this one. It looks awesome, doesn't it? No,
1: absolutely. It looks absolutely mad as well. Yeah. Like, like the most crazy storyline. What is it, puppets? People get made into puppets and then chased around a weird world of, like miniature world with, like, uh, moles chasing them and a massive book that's talking and making jokes. It, it just looked insane, hmm. um, but really cool at the same time. i totally yeah. give it that. Yep,
0: yeah, it's a really cool concept, very similar to A Way Out in the way that it's two-player only. And so if you have a copy of the game and you want someone to play with, the other person will get a copy of the game for free or something in order to play with you. So that's cool. That's They're carrying that's that nice. on from A Way Out, so that's very nice. Uh, following that was the Accessibility Award, which I wrote down here as... Accessibility's, which I always do when I write something that ends in illity, because I can't stop myself. So, for the Accessibilities award was The Last of Us Part Two, which I think we called because The Last of Us Part Two accessibility's options are really quite astounding.
1: Um, I think that it was it was pretty much lauded at the time for having the most options for accessibility that there'd ever been in a video yeah. game. Um, so, yeah, a deserving winner again. Yep. Yeah.
0: When I I remember using some of the options and you told me off two weeks ago. To like,
1: <laughs> That's not what they're there for. Yeah, they're for other people to access it, not for you to make it. You know, slightly different for yourself. It's slightly um, easier. It's slightly easier. Maybe. Did you have aim assist or something? You said. That's Yeah, the and, one sl- I think and, and and slow down. It was all. Oh, it was so much easier. I think it was the aim assist because I was like, I went mm. through the whole of Last of Us two without aim assist. God damn it!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's very handy. Very handy. Um, and then we had a look at Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which is a Oculus Quest game coming out uh, next year. It looks awesome. I really wish I had an Oculus Quest to play that. Uh, Star Wars and VR is just something that, in my mind, just makes perfect sense. So hopefully that's going to be pretty awesome for those who have the, um, who have the means to play it. Uh, best mobile game then came along, and of course it went to Among Us, because why else would anything else win? Uh, I think that was a pretty safe bet, and then we had, a look, we had another trailer for Monster Hunter Rise coming to Switch. The Switch had a pretty quiet evening all around, really, but that a trailer for Monster Hunter Rise was uh, was just what needed, I think, to bring it back. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is that doing uh, anything for you, Toby?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, Monster Hunter World was uh, absolutely one of the main games that got me back into playing online and co-op and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Not last year, just just the end of the year before. Um, so, I'm definitely up for another Monster Hunter game. I'm hoping it's fully online co-op and all that stuff, just as they've been before. Um, but yeah, it looks great. You get a little dog to ride as well, as well as bringing your cat into battle. I um, So you know, what more could you want?
2: Amazing. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Sean,
2: Monster Hunter Rise. Um, I'm I'm not really getting this one. Um, I've kind of fallen out of love with Monster Hunter recently. Uh, Did include with Worlds, and I'm not really interested in Rise, so okay. um, I'll let this one pass by.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> well, if that's interest you, there was a free demo coming to Switch in January.
2: Oh, I may as well so, give it a go. Then, aren't
0: I you may as well give it a go. <laughs> um, and then we had a look at a game called Evil West from Focus Home, which we thought was a Van Helsing game because it looked very Van Helsing. But um, yeah, it was only a CG trailer, so we don't know a lot about it. But it looks pretty cool. But we are, Toby said, he was holding off reservations until. We see actual gameplay. That's exactly right. I'm not entirely sure what the game is yet. Yeah. But uh, it's got a creepy uh, kind of a... Van a <laughs> kind of <laughs> aesthetic to it. So, yeah, exciting. Um, and then he got very excited because we had a, a release window for Scarlet Nexus.
1: Yeah, I mean, you say very excited. I got very excited. And then it was just summer 2021. And I was like, ah, oh, damn. Because kind of, I've actually of, i kind of been crossing my fingers that this is quite soon. They've been dropping so many trailers and talking about so much stuff that they do. When you get an RPG like this and they start dropping those story trailers and they start dropping character trailers and stuff, you, you know you're not more than a couple of months out. And then they drop Summer and you're like, ah, that sucks. So um, a bit, bit further out than I thought.
0: Well, I'm sure you can make seven or eight articles about it until then. I'm sure we can do that, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, and then we had a new map uh, for Among Us. Which is coming It's set on an airship. And it's a game that we all need to play at some point because, you know, the internet's got way ahead of us on this one. And I'm not having it. So we need to play some Among Us, I think. But then, following that, one of the biggest announcements of the night, maybe, depending on who you are Master Chief confirmed for Fortnite. Ladies and gentlemen, he's available right now. I'm doing this instead of buying Fortnite, instead of buying Master Chief on Fortnite, which I think shows a great deal of restraint on my part. But uh, it's it's there to be done. I only spent enough money on bloody Kratos last week, so I hope they're not doing it once a week this season because that would be awful for my bank account. Um, but they also did announce that Blood Gulch, the classic multiplayer map from the first Halo, has been recreated in Fortnite's creative mode, and you can go in there and play Capture the Flag. I mean, come on. Sean, what are they doing? Fortnite are insane, right?
2: Yeah. We we were saying this in our little private conversation recently about how nothing seems to be out of the reach of Fortnite. And yeah, it really isn't. Nothing is out of the reach of Fortnite. We can now have Kratos and Master Chief in the same game alongside Batman, Daredevil, um, Spider-Man, the Mandalorian, Jedi. Oh it, it, there's, there's no, nothing is beyond this game now. <laughs> It is it is a, its own thing which breaks down barriers between media licenses, and then then they announced something else.
0: Yep, they announced uh, Daryl and Michonne from The Walking Dead are coming to Fortnite. For for some reason, are they are they are they considered hunters, predators? Uh, given the theme of this season,
2: I, I, I think it's more to do with the fact that The Walking Dead is coming to an end this, this season mm. soon. So. More of a let's strike when the iron is hot, fair enough.
0: Uh, Toby, does any of these announcements want to make you play Fortnite?
1: (laughs) If I was ever going to play Fortnite, then it'd be cool to have a character in it that you know that I know and love from another game. Um, but beyond that, the no, the the actual game of Fortnite just doesn't interest me. That's the trouble. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's a good it's it's a good thing for people who like the game. I I totally see why it keeps people coming back and back and back, trying to you know using characters they like like that. Um, it's and in theory that's the uh, business model behind the Avengers that you know didn't work. Um, but it's working in Fortnite somehow. So, you know, all power to them. I hope they make millions. But it's um it's not really for me. God damn it! Sorry.
0: I wonder what character we'll need to get into Fortnite for Toby to play it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be an interesting conversation for another day. Um, and then we got a bit of a scissor reel for Xbox Game Pass, and it confirmed that, well, there's lots of games are coming to Game Pass. Uh, Skyrim is coming to Game Pass next month. I believe I had Ducousa 4, 5, and 6 as well. Basically, if you have Game Pass, you're sorted for the rest of time, and a lot of very cool stuff is on the way. So look out for it. Probably tons of stuff that wasn't announced as well. Look out. The Bethesda, of course, Microsoft now own Bethesda, so that like the slow drop of Bethesda games is coming to Game Pass, and of course with Doom Eternal and Skyrim incoming. So uh, yeah, that's something to get very excited about. And then we got a trailer for a League of Legends game called Ruin King, which was announced at Game Wars last year, Uh, but this was the first time we've seen anything a little more concrete uh, due in 2021. Um, Did this do anything for anyone?
2: Yeah, I'm quite excited for it. It's picked up by the same guys that did Battle Chasers, and they've got a really cool art style and, you know, it, it looks like basically Battle Chases set in the League of Legends world. So sign me up. Let's give it a go. Yes. Toby, are you going to play some um, League of Legends?
1: It's it's one where I'm thinking, is this a good way into League of Legends, like like getting into the lore of it, getting into some of the storyline and things so that I could be interested enough to actually play the main you know game and, and getting into something that big. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested to try it out if it was something like on Game Pass or whatever where I could you know, give it a go or or a demo or something and then mm. and see if that's a way in because League of Legends is quite a big thing to get into now and it's um it's pretty daunting for a noob. Um, so it puts me right off. That's the trouble.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Following that then was Best Art Direction and that went to The Last of Us Part 2 which is fair. It's a beautiful game but it should have went to Ghost of Tsushima. It's fair. Sorry, I'm over it-ish. And then we had a look at a new heist coming to GTA Online, which looks awesome. And if they put as much effort into that, into a new campaign for GTA 6, as it did for that, I think we should get very excited about GTA 6 because GTA Online is continuing to look very, very cool. Um, I can't go into it now because I'm completely broke because I bought a, I bought a nightclub that I don't support and I bought a office building that I don't pay for. So, if I go in there right now, I'll just lose money left and right. So, it's over for me in GTA Online. But it's amazing that they're still supporting it even now. And does this announce, does it like a heist was a big thing uh, for the like when the OG announcement was GTA Online? We could all get together and do a bank heist. And then we just never did. <laughs> but does something like this motivate you to play GTA Online, Sean?
2: Uh, no. Uh, when they put the casino in, um, whatever it was last year yeah i i decided that was that was the point that i was not going to jump back into gta online um i don't i didn't like that at all and um personal reasons aside i didn't like it okay. so uh it doesn't doesn't really matter what they put in at this point um for people who still play and still really enjoy it i'm really happy that you're still getting content and like you say the fact that the the this content is still coming and still you know seemingly is at a really great co- quality means that we should be really excited about Grand Theft Auto 6 whenever that comes out in you know ten years time. Yeah, but you know uh, it's not for like
1: me. Okay.
0: And then we finally got a look at the brand new Mass Effect. I say a look, it was a CG trailer, um, and it didn't offer any additional information that we already knew that this is a thing that is happening, but. Toby, did you glean anything from this trailer as a fan of the series that you you could point out to a noob like me that may give an idea <laughs> of may give an idea of the direction of the new
1: game? Do you know what it had so little in it that could really give you a clue about anything? Um it was clearly the 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 female who was, you know, moving through the trailer for, for a few seconds was clearly an Asari, which is the blue-skinned um alien that there's been one of in almost every mass effect but beyond that that was it and then it just came up with mass effect again it's like dragon age i just wonder if it's being completely rebooted um because that doesn't have a separate you know number or andromeda 2 or anything like this underneath it it's just got mass effect so yeah i'm wondering if they're rebooting both of them
2: it's it's not a reboot all right <laughs> at, the end of the trailer, at the end of the trailer she picks up a piece of armor that says n7
1: on it you so we still it, reboot it with n7 in it
2: what no it's post shepherd and you know this is this is a this is the continuation of shepherd's story you know All right. she picks up a piece of broken armor with n7 on it uh, you know that that's a pretty clear indication that that's the continuation of mass effect not a reboot
1: yeah toby <laughs> no,
2: i was mean, just I like you. <laughs>
1: Uh, n7 uh, n7 is just a brand of of armor yes uh
2: yeah specific to Shepard. yeah
1: okay so it could be you can still reboot something with n7 in it
2: oh yeah you could absolutely could um but the won't
1: i think you could well be right i just i just didn't think think that was a definite that's all
2: i think the words mass effect will continue I uh, mean, that
1: isn't pretty. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I'll go I'm with just... that one as well. Will the will continue? I'd have forgotten actually. I will um, just
2: take that. At, at, maybe at it's base hundreds value.
1: of years on from from Shepard, and that's why it was sort of you know she found it in the dust.
2: Absolutely. This I think this is what we we said weeks ago that we'd like to see that. Uh, so yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. What if n 7s dropping in Fortnite? Then we'll be even less. Flushed than we already <laughs> are. <laughs> Mass Effect comes to Fortnite. Don't put it past them. You never know. And then finally, with Game of the Year, that went to The Last of Us Part 2. Because of course it did. Because it's won basically everything else tonight. Congratulations to Neil Druckmann and everyone at Naughty Dog. A thoroughly deserved win. The Last of Us Part 2 is the Game of the Year 2020. Um, happy with that one, Tobes?
1: Uh, yes, I know. I think the overall... Overall, The Last of Us Two, it was a fantastic game, was a very deserving winner, well directed, well made, and very important. And it has all the needs, you know, to, to win that that kind of a, an award. Um at the same time though, it was a big year for lots and lots of games, and there were some other deserving winners in there that would have won in any other year. So um things like Ghost of Tsushima, um, you know, there's um it, there's also the very weird timing around Cyberpunk 2077, which is now you know what does that go into next year's one or does it not even get into any set of game awards it it's a it's a weird one where I just I'm, I'm not so so completely sure that it was the the only deserving winner of the year
0: That's all. cyberpunk would have stuck the board if it was eligible I think I think it would have
1: cleared a fair few that the last of us won tonight well this is it does it, and does it is it actually eligible for next year because it's in this weird crossover point
0: there is definitely a window of game release schedule that games don't get added to next year's but i can't quite remember when it was i need to find out but they can't leave it out can they it's just it's too big of a game it
1: would it, it would seem very strange this is my this is my point yeah. but um but yeah the last of us two is a is a very deserving uh, win and i don't I, I don't agree with any of the hate for it at all i think it's um it was fantastic and it it was a game the only game of the year really that my wife watched the whole way through and got into um as a as a backseat gamer um which was really fun as well
0: yeah that's awesome Right then, that wrapped it up. We did it. So overall, I've been waiting for this moment, this entire podcast. Sean, what was your overall thoughts of the Game Awards 2020?
2: (laughs) I hated it. I wait up every year for this, and this is the last time I do it. This is the last time I put myself through this, because I I feel like, as an award show, this fails, um, because we had um several categories read out in a pre-show, uh, but that were given literal seconds um and no canned laughter or nothing. You no know, best action adventure game was read out in the pre-show. And in the actual show we got jet, you know, this YouTuber presenting an award to the best content creator, which got like five minutes of airtime. I feel like as an award show it fails completely. And I don't think it, it um I do think it has managed to strike the balance this year between what is an advert, what is people want to see as a trailer, and the awards. And I would much prefer now if, if next year they they looked at the formula of this, and maybe made the awards like an Oscars, made it as dry as the Oscars, have somebody fun, and somebody who knows games to come in and do it like the Baftas do this year i felt like half of the presenters who were giving away the awards had absolutely no skin in the game they didn't they they read their lines from a teleprompter and did not have any um any enjoyment in the gaming industry i think most of the presenters that were there were there just to sell something else or, or to drink to draw in viewers as an advertisement um and I, I, f- I just feel like this year it was really hollow. I f- feel like it was more more of an advert than any other previous year. It didn't give anybody time to really celebrate their wins. Um, and the only time I actually felt happy for anybody winning was when Among Us won. And the developers felt genuinely happy about it. Um, so this year, I, I, just, I just feel like it's been a bit of... I, I genuinely really detested the show and throughout it was swearing at the things that were being said, Jeff Keighley puts himself in, in, in a spotlight far too many times as a presenter. Um, the fact that he, he basically give himself credit for bringing, um, a couple of the games to the game awards to show. I just, I, I just felt it, it just needs to take himself out of this situation. Now, if he wants to do it at the back, the back stage stage, go for it but I genuinely really do not want to see him on the stage next year and I genuinely don't don't hate the guy it's just like I, I don't think he can understand that this thing isn't about him and I really wish he would and yeah it's 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 too late in the night for me to give a shit about Jeff Keeley. <laughs> so you summed
0: up my issues with Jeff Keighley right there it's the game awards never feel about the developers which is exactly what it should feel like you know the I know obviously this year they couldn't do it properly, but in previous years, you know developers have won in the pre show or had just their game read out very very quickly on the stage, and they don't get a moment to enjoy it, you know then they get a moment to go, well, thank you to everyone, just do a speech, and you' kind of soak in the moment because Jeff Keeley crams it in because of all these trailers, and maybe there was too many there was so many trailers this year, I think more than ever and it felt really bloated, and I did feel myself really having to force myself to keep going about halfway through. And that's a shame, because it's a, it, it's an award ceremony about an, an industry that we love, and we love staying up and watching the trailers and catching the announcements, but there has to be some kind of chopping of at least a quarter of it, because it all feels so bloated, and I think the celebration that we should focus on is the developers doing extraordinary work. Every year there's more than three or four worthy winners of game of the year. And why aren't we celebrating that more? You know, it's just, it's a really strange ceremony. It always has been. And if like literally anyone else hosted it, I think we'd see a big change in the focus of what's important. And that should be the people behind the games rather than their own trailers. If you get me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, I watched an award show on YouTube the other day um, and it was just small awards, but the previous winners give the new winners their awards. They presented the entire thing. You basically never saw a presenter. And it was such a really great format. Mm. I'm thinking, okay, well, if Among Us developers this year, they should give the mobile game to next year. It's not the pass of the torch. If they want it again. Fair enough to just award themselves. but. You know it just it just feels like this format that they've got going now it's it's too much about science stuff and not enough about a celebration, yeah and I genuinely thought there was too there was more adverts for stuff that exists now like laptops, games are out, and like little bits of content that really shouldn't have been on an award show than there were awards given out, not just world you know world trailers to get the people to watch adverts. For Omen. Hmm. I mean, it's shocking.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Toby, what were your overall thoughts of the show? Um, I think I'd second a lot of what was just already been said, but maybe the solution is to split it into two things. I mean, um, one of them being the Game Awards, like you say, a slightly drier maybe, but passing on the torch sort of thing that's a bit more Oscar-like. And then, you know, we all tuned in to watch the, the the number of different events over the course of this year, which were basically just trailer reels. Um, and, you know, they were great. They were good fun. I quite like trailer reels. It's not a problem to have a show of trailer reels. It's just a problem to have it and pretend it's the Game Awards um, and to have all the adverts in between as well. That's the trouble. And, and I'm absolutely with Sean on the fact that, yeah the the omen ads and the nintendo ads and all those just random and constant things that were breaking it up um and then keeping on going back to um the the other presenter about you know random pokemon you could pick up to, today it was just incessant and really dull um i think her entire segments were just sell this get you involved in this online and i was just like i'm not here for any of this um, so yeah I'd, I'd kind of split it personally just you know have an award ceremony and then have a second show the next day which is just all trailers or or the other way around whichever way around you want to do it but just mm. together with loads of ads it's it's kind of hollow it it rings hollow a lot um, and yeah the, I think the last thing I'd say is I agree with that at the point that um, Jeff Keeley kind of inserts himself as the you know I brought this stuff to you I am therefore Important in a way that he shouldn't be. He should either be facilitating it or presenting it, but not both, and not giving himself credit all the time. Um, He he just comes off as a sellout, and I'm sure he doesn't want that. I'm sure he doesn't want the opinion that that we're all forming of him. Um, And yeah, he's not a terrible guy. He's not he's not an awful presenter or anything like that. He's just got this. Mannerism about how he presents that—that that starts to rub you up the wrong way after a half an hour. Um, so he needs to tone it down. He needs to make it less about um, him and more about developers. Exactly as Sean said, and yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think we're all fairly on the same page on that one. It's—it's—it's <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's a long show for what it is, and especially for us over here, where like we have to start our reaction at three in the morning because that's just the way it is. But. It's been fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we make it fun. Um, Sh- Sean telling uh, the screen to fuck off every five minutes. Essentially, anytime time Jeff Keeley came on the screen, <laughs> Sean was like, oh,
1: fuck off.
2: <laughs> hey, man, I, I, have, I have work in two hours, right? And Jeff Keighley telling him a story about how he wrote about a developer 10 years ago was absolutely fucking wasted time. Like, that is valid sleep time that I am not getting tonight. Because Jeff Geely decided to tell a fucking shitty anecdote.
1: And the Swedish chef conversation. Yeah. Don't forget yeah, that. the Swedish Think,
2: chef. How do you fuck up a segment <laughs> the Swedish chef?
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> let, let him do him. his thing. Don't make it about, yeah. Uh, oh, dear.
2: When I, when I saw that advert, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, okay, get him on stage and get him to give an award to somebody like the Best Action Award. And just basically read out, just hoo do hoodie do hoo do and have subtitles across the bottom of the screen. It's like <laughs> yeah, Assassin's that would have been Creed. Better. Perfect. Fucking nails, <laughs> yeah? Instead, we've got this shitty back and forth between him and Jeff. And then just like, oh, whatever.
1: Because you've right. got to involve Jeff again, haven't you? Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, it would have been really fun if um, The Swedish Chef was the one that, did the like, best narrative for The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> it was also, it,
1: it, it, it was very, very clear, like you said, that... Um, the, the guy from Tenet and Gal Gadot and, you know, a few of the others, Christopher Nolan, had never played a video game in their lives. Um and if if they had, it was way back when they were, you know, very, very young children. Um and Tom Holland didn't he he actually said I think that he'd he'd played Uncharted very recently as prep for the movie. So he clearly hadn't played it beforehand.
2: Yeah. These people have busy lives. They don't have 60 hours to sit down. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they are are earning millions because they don't play video games.
1: (laughs) But that's why I'm angry at them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. These
2: are people Uh, that are
0: fundamentally better than us in every way.
2: (laughs) I don't really want to call this out, but I don't understand the anti-vaping, how to quit vaping thing in the middle of the Game Awards.
0: Well, it's just a sponsor, isn't it? just an advertising a sponsor. That's all it is. is.
2: Was it? I, I don't know. Alana V I mean, came on and talked about it, didn't she?
0: Yeah. And presumably they were paid or they were asked to mention something for you know, all all of these adverts, I'm glad I'm so glad that the adverts involved are game related now, all those Nintendo trailers and the like, because it was a time where it was just full of just such garbage. And <laughs> Gillette. yeah, Gillette being a big one. And they you know, now he's actually you know, he's done the work and gone right, I can make just as much money showing Game traders for things that are either already out or things that are coming, or for laptops or for you know CPUs, whatever. So I'm glad in that regard that that's been taken care of. But it's just at least they're related. Yeah, exactly. It's still a long show, and it doesn't need to be that long. God, and and if it is that long, put the spotlight on something a lot more interesting than just Jeff Keeley spouting words and wasting the Cedar Chef. How do you do that? It's just yeah, Sean's right. It's just such a such a weird thing to fuck up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> let, let's let uh, round this out because, you know, it's 10 to 4 and Sean's got to go to bed. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget our main Fingers podcast. We'll be back at the weekend where we might talk about the Game Wars a little more. But of course, we have another thing to talk about and it's called Cyberpunk 2077. So we're going to talk a lot about that, uh, which we were playing whilst we were watching the Game Wars. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, so it is goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. Goodbye from Toby Anderson. Goodbye. Goodbye from Sean Davies. Toodles. And uh yeah, we'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast.